On the football field, the action happens in the blink of an eye. It's like that off the field, too, when you've been injured. In a split second, your life is changed. Whether on the field or in the courtroom, when you've been injured, you need the right teammates by your side. You need Chase and Boscolo, a law firm willing to protect and fight for your rights. On the football field or in the courtroom, having the right team determines whether you win or lose. When injuries change your life, call Chase and Boscolo, trial lawyers that care. Oarsman opened its first car dealership in 1921. Now, over 100 years and many dealerships later, Oarsman of Virginia can proudly say that when it comes to your car buying needs, if you want it, we've got it. Savings, selection, and service? Check. Lifetime engine guarantees and car washes? Check. Loaner cars and free Virginia inspections? Check and check. See, over the past 100 years, we've learned that to succeed in business, we've got to keep our customers happy. And that's the Oarsman story. Oarsman Ford Lincoln. Let's ride together. What's up, everybody? This is Fred Smooth. This is Landon Collins. Hi, I'm Ryan Kerrigan. This is the Redskins Talk Podcast with J.P. Finley. Dwayne's ankle, will that, will that hold him back in practicing at all this week? He looked great today. I think everything he did, an individual, was seamless. I thought it, it was a r- really clean. I thought it was flawless. I thought that there were no setbacks. I saw fluidity. How's the ankle? It feels good. Will you be limited at all practicing this week? I hope not. What kind of procedures have you had to do to take care of it compared to a regular week? Uh, just a low ankle sprain. I'll be all right. What up, everybody? J.P. Finley, Redskins Talk Podcast. Hope you're doing great. Uh, Week 15 of the NFL is here, and man, for the first time, uh, even though Mitch's purple pen, they never really had a chance at the playoffs, it does feel a little different out at the park this week knowing the season is officially kaput after Week 17. There's no more miracle play for the playoffs. want to thank the good folks, Oarsman Automotive of Virginia. We ride with them and encourage you to do the same thing. I have a very specific thank you to them a little later on. Um, also, want to remind everybody, we got the podcast party coming up next Thursday, December 19th, Matchbox in Rockville. We got all the info on our Instagram page if you want to check it out, Redskins Talk Pod on Instagram. Remember, whoever shows up, we're going to have Wiz tickets, Caps tickets, T-shirts, free beer, all the good stuff. We're going to be going for it. Pete and Mitch will take whatever shot you give them. This is our, our JP. Hey, 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 hey. This is our playoff I'm game. still doing the read here, guys. Okay, sorry, sorry. But you got to bring a toy. You got to bring a toy for a tot. Um, we'll have the the big box there that you can put them in. Let's do something good. We're all getting together to have fun, but if everybody brings a toy, it's an easy way to help out those less fortunate than us. Last year we filled four big boxes. I want to go six boxes this year. It's a six box year. It's a six box year. All right, Kaim is here. Kaim is the only hey, one polite enough to wait until he's introduced. I'm just waiting my turn, yeah. Hello, John. <laughs> Hello, guys. How are, are you? you bringing a toy and coming on December 19th? I was looking at my phone. When is it? Oh, I, I'm booked that night, actually. Next Thursday. I am, I, but I'll bring. I'll give you a toy. Okay, all cool. Right. Thank I you. believe you. Um, Kaim's a good man. All right, I want to start here. Dwayne Haskins is fine. He said he's fine. Bill Callahan said he's fine. The word in the aftermath of Green Bay was a very mild ankle sprain. Very mild. So I think any grandstanding or anybody that's still mad about him playing in the second half of that game. Get over it. Let it go. This wasn't Willis Reed limping onto the court and playing. In this was not Robert Griffin III right. playing on a bad it, No, it wasn't. I know the fan base is still haunted by that. Totally. I get, and I get that. When you initially see it, you're worried about that. But when you find out later what it really was it's like okay i get it yeah Uh, today felt a lot like the post selfie wednesday where we asked Dwayne about it and he had basically no interest in talking about it he wants to move on and we do as well so the ankle's not going to affect him going forward i think everything's okay yeah in hindsight it's a little reminiscent of the wrist injury that i don't even remember what game that was that was the jets Jets game when he was very inaccurate that's what he blamed it on oh the detroit game detroit game sorry right a lot of inaccuracy issues throughout this but tenure. So everybody's fine. And Dwayne does not want to talk about comment. it. Yeah, I know. Ironic, right? Um, all right, so that's all I had on the Haskins things. Right? Let me add, let me say this. The performances so far have been underwhelming, but they've been relatively consistent. Like There hasn't been a peak yet. It's all been pretty flat. Yeah. Does anybody think this is the week for a peak? The week for a peak? Mm, I don't. I'm not sure we're at that point yet. I don't know 
what's going to happen that's going to make me think that there's going to be a peak. But we need one before the season ends. There's three games left, and he's got to have one that's that you can point to that was a good game. Not, it can't all be this this this, I, this I level. Think, I think, to be honest, like the things that I want to see is more or hear is more what he's doing behind the scenes to get ready and to prepare because I think that has more staying power than if he goes out there and throws for a couple hundred yards and but he's not doing that stuff you know what I'm saying like yeah so I, I want for me this this next three games is still about building the foundation for his game and you'd like to see I don't know that he has the talent around him at the skill position to have that sort of game and so that's why I'm like I don't want to judge him just by the results I want I'm looking at that process for him where is the process do you think the process is where it needs to well, be I think then? what and that's where I'd say like so what I'm looking to see and and you know you saw it a little bit against Carolina you, you know there's times you see it handling the protections the, and, and Callahan talks a lot about this thing you know, with feet and the eyes matching up, getting through your progressions, getting you know getting to the right guys at the right time, things like that. And when you start seeing him handling those things, then I think the big game starts to come off that. And I thought Cal today, for the first time, had a little bit of like pointed criticism about some of the sacks that got taken. Yeah. I don't know if you guys heard that, but yeah, it, it caught my ear a little bit. It just seemed like it was uh, a little more direct then I feel like Callahan has been really overwhelmingly positive with Dwayne yes and maybe he felt he needed to be because Jay wasn't um <laughs> but I, I, I that I couldn't help but notice when there was talk about you know some of these sacks shouldn't be sacks and and that would probably point go back to your point time about the process and, it is and I think you know keep in mind like he's a he's an O-line coach too at his heart so those are his guys and I think you know most coach most players will tell you that Oftentimes, half the sacks are on the quarterback, and when you're watching them, you definitely see some times where either it's you know you're, the line sliding the wrong way, or, or maybe you check to something else and not everybody gets to check those kind of things. And not, but then like even last week, a couple times it's just Chase Ruye or someone else getting beaten by Clark up front. So they're not all on him, but they definitely some are definitely on him. But that's the right. that's part of the process, and you would expect that. You'd expect that given the coordinator they're facing, Mike Petton. The stuff they do up front, just like Greg Williams, it's designed to fool quarterbacks like a, right, a rookie well, quarterback. It's not just the the protection issues up front. It's also holding the ball too long. It's sure. patting, patting sure. ball, sure. not being quick enough through his progressions. We yeah. saw sure. absolutely. We saw times where he's all where of those kind of work together all times, the time. So yeah, absolutely. There's a there's a there's a cumulative effect to everything, and and part of that part of that being prepared is being is being able to quickly work your way through progressions. Yeah, yep. he says he needs to be a better, more aware of his outlets and his checkdowns. And, there, and, in fact, that first sack the other day is exactly that. He has Chris Thompson in the flat available to him, but he held it a little bit long, and, if you, you know, you don't get rid of it. Then it results in a sack. So I think that's let's, so that's what I want to see is, so what happens the next time you're in that situation? Do you handle it differently? If he does, to me, that's a good step. Let's do this. We haven't done this in a while. Up or down, no wiggle room, mm-hmm. yes or no. Um is this the week oh, for a things. peak, Mitch? Peak week? Uh, no. Will there be a peak in the three remaining games? Yes. I believe the Giants game is, pri- is a prime spot where he's going to be able to get right and hit a couple of balls deep and throw over 200 yards and have a good game. Pete, is this peak week? No peak week, and I think – I don't know if there's going to be a peak or the peak that we or the fans want to see. I think there will be a – a in nice, a world of valleys, anything is a peak. Yeah, I guess. I think there'll be a nice little spike maybe against the Giants, but in terms of the no doubt or, wow, this guy's finally put it all together, here's the game we've been waiting for. I just don't think it's going to happen this year because of the sacks. He just lost his best running back, maybe his most explosive player, and then he has really one viable, consistent receiver. So I just think there's a lot of factors where he's not going to get there. And like JP, like you said, he's allowed to elevate guys, but he's not doing it either. So no peak this week and no big peak the rest of the year. Time. Well, peak let week. me ask you, what is a peak? Like, what's your definition of a peak here? So I, this has been a tough thing to really nail down, and I think that's part of it. I, I think it's about a performance that is just undeniably yeah. a strong quarterbacking performance. You know it when you see it. I think okay. it's a no, you, you know we it's use, a great okay, game like, or a good game okay, when you see it. Gotcha. You know, okay, so you know not, the old definition like, of pornography. I don't know how to define it, but I know it when I see it. Yeah. That's what we need to see from Dwayne is a good game. Time's kind of searching, like, what the yeah, hell is he like, talking about, but okay. You've heard that, dude. <laughs> Potter Stewart, my guy. All right, so I'm going to say no this week to that because I just don't think he's at that point yet. And I think, like Pete, Pete said, I don't think the talent around him is to the point where he can do that consistently. And I think that makes it hard. Plus, 
you know that I think they're going to want to run the ball a lot this week. That's going to take yep. away those chances. That's, that's where the peak is with Adrian Peterson. To me, that's where to be. So I don't think we're going to see that this year, and I'm not going to be I'm not going to be completely bothered if we don't because I know where this kid is at with everything, and I think they need to get some more around him, and he just needs to keep building and adding layers to his game. I'm with you. No peak, no peak this year. Pete and I had this conversation maybe Monday night. I don't even know when. I am almost at the point now where the thing I am most interested in seeing who and what Dwayne is is day one of training camp yes. 2020. Exactly. Who is that guy when yeah. we get to Richmond next year? Like how- because he needs to have learned so much and use this offseason to be just in a different stratosphere as right. a player, as a student of the game. Correct. It's, it's hard to make that kind of big spike when you're, all right, this game ended and I need to prepare for Philly, then I right. need to prepare for New York. But when you have all those months and you can mature in a lot of ways and grow in a lot of ways and address your game, I think training camp in Richmond will really be able to see I, what kind of guy I, he's going to I think we'll get a feel, too, in OTAs sure. a little bit. But I think you're gonna. it's going to be what are you hearing and then who's yes. the coach What's how's that coach approaching it with him? And then all that, yeah. And so then my other thing is like this is what because there's now all this time on his own. So when you're structured and all that, it's you know it's easy to stay into a certain rhythm. Now it's going to be all on your own. How do you handle that? And and you know there's there's just a lot of responsibility that comes with that position. So I think we'll know earlier a little bit. So in the realm of Dwayne's growth, I agree that kind of what happens the next three days, the next three games. It's more important just to see him keep building. But you talk about how important the starting quarterback is and Dwayne is, and I think that plays into a lot what's going to happen with the head coach and potentially the GM and who's in sure. here because you're not gonna, if, if he's your starting quarterback, you need to bring in a head coach that believes that he can be the starting quarterback. Right. And granted, any coach that comes in here is going to know a lot more what happens behind the scenes than we do. But it publicly and, and I think even privately, if he has a – a spike game, it's going to make it a lot easier for that whoever that next head coach is to buy into him being the starter. And I think it's important that, that that's out there, that the public perception is out there, the private perception is out there, that this isn't what Dwayne is. This You said he's been even. If he's even through the final what, seven games starting? I said flat, not even. Flat. Yeah, I, if he's flat through the through the final like seven games. Like if it's a games, bar graph. Right. Maybe that's what he is, though. And, well, and, but that, I think, and I think that, that makes it difficult when you start – looking at who's going to be your head coach. And I think I think that's you know, him playing better makes it easier to attract somebody. Right. But I don't know they're going to get that spike because this is a guy to keep in mind that they felt he shouldn't even play this year. Right. And there's a reason for that. So to me this is a little bit of a bonus when you're looking forward for him in that. Now I know like listen it's the 15th overall pick. You should, obviously should, you want to be further ahead. We all know that. But with only 14 starts in college, there's so much he has to learn that I don't know that he's at that point where he can show all that right now. But I think what you need to hear, if you're another coach, how does he practice? So I think almost the practice film is going to be bigger than the game, as big as the game film when you come in and watch, because then you're going to get a feel for him during the week. What's the preparation like day to day to day? And that is what you want to work with, because the results are whatever. You can look and say, well, geez, you, you know, you're thrown to the youngest receiving core in the league. You know what are you going to do? But if you're not seeing the rest of the stuff, then it's like that to me would tr- be more troubling. I agree, and because I think we all know how coaches are. Coaches, whoever takes this job is going to be like, oh, that guy didn't know how to develop a passer. I can make this kid yeah, I can the, the, the next best thing. He just needs to know that the kid's going to put the work in, and the right. kid, the kid is that developed. Dedicated for, for, all for, a, for all that money, they'll convince themselves they can do anything. For sure. Right. And, then, you know, and then they can get off within a year, but they'll, they'll convince themselves they can do and it's not it. Entirely, it's a good segue. Go ahead. I was just, it's not entirely fair for a kid this young with this little experience to have that much on his shoulders, the future of the franchise. Right. But when you are the 15th overall pick that's and you are the starting quarterback, that's where the, that's where right. the pressure lay. This is the and life you chose. No pressure, no diamonds. Exactly. All right. Um, Thank you for sneaking that in there. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. 
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. We're going to switch gears, kind of, but it's honestly, we were talking with a player in the locker room today and talking about next year and what's going to happen. And the players, everybody in the organization understands that whatever happens with Bruce Allen will dictate everything else. It, it is, I don't, I think most fans realize it will be a seismic change to the entire organization if Bruce Allen is actually gone and not reassigned, but, but gone. I, to, as far I've said this before, if he's reassigned, nothing, nothing changes. changes. As long as he's in that building, he's in charge. So players know it. I imagine the coaching staff knows it. The front office knows it. I, I, I bring this up Respective because... Respective coaches know it. <laughs> Respective coaches are saying, we won't deal with it. Right? I mean, yeah. th- those reports are all over the place. And that, I've, I've heard that from many people. I, I don't know why that's a surprise. It's not a surprise. Right. But here's the other and Just to that, it's also one thing to say that at a certain point in the year, and then when somebody offers you, well, right. you know what, we're going to pay you $10 million a year. Right. Then what? But yes, but that is what you hear from a lot Once of people. Once confronted with a check, right. things often right. change. Right, right, right. But so, Kyle and I talk a lot publicly, privately. I am, my opinion is not changed. I know that there were a lot of folks that believed. Bruce would be fired on Tuesday. I, I didn't think that. I don't know that it happens this week, but I, I am still firmly in the camp that I, that I expect to see a major change happen here. I don't know that it will be followed up with a total overhaul of the front office staff. I, I think that I think they could still keep retain some folks that are here. I don't know what's going to happen, but I, I still believe we are we are here for the end of the Bruce Allen era, and, and that there's going to be seismic change and when, I'm not putting that that's just me saying that now I'm not reporting that I'm not doing anything but if you had to ask my gut feel that's what I've been saying for some time without it being an indictment or even a commentary on who's in the building now what do you think the reaction would be with Bruce being gone but no major outside voice being brought in except for maybe a new head coach what if they reshuffle the deck and you have Kyle Smith as your GM and you know, uh, Alex Santos moves up, and all these guys who are already in house, kind of Alex Smith, whatever the I, company. I think those are the changes, and I, I wanted and, to get to the D Hall thing, yeah. which is something that I mean, kind. He's told you, he's told me, yeah. he's told lots he's of told folks everybody that he wants he to be in the playing, front office. Right, he was playing. He was every week. He was trying to trying to say who to, who they. The thing that surprised me is he's got a pretty team. sweet gig now at NFL Network. I didn't know well, the, maybe that would scratch the itch. Well, the, the other thing is the other thing I always wonder with those guys is. Do you realize how much work you have to put in in those jobs? And it's not just a matter of like, hey, I'm a smart ex player. I'm going to go in there and shake things up. There's a lot of stuff that you have to go in there and do. Are you willing to do that? And if you are, that's one thing. But if you're not, then it's just going to be, it's not going to end well. Yeah, and it's not necessarily a frontward facing job where, you know, D Hall's been a player for 15 years and been on television he's always in the conversation whatever job he gets may not be something that's often credited and praised and sure I, I think there's a couple things with the ex with the former players and, and Alex maybe put Cooley in this D Hall wh- whoever it is that wants to be a part of this organization those players don't necessarily know what that gig is like but I, I think the success with John Lynch in San Fran is probably kicking down a few doors that that's existed. That's as much Kyle, though. That's that's, that's and so, Kyle picked John Lynch, right? But still, it's somebody. It's a former player that had no front office experience, and and I'll be. I don't think D Hall's looking to be the GM right away. I think he no, just wants a role, and I, and I'm not sure that any of those guys. I don't know. I just think to me, there needs to be new blood in the in the building. Period, and that's kind of where I was going with it. I think that there's been so much talk about the culture here, and I think when you have been, when you have Ashburton syndrome, I think it's tough to pull yourself out of it. I think it's, I think it's a situation where, I think that there are plenty of people in the building who deserve more, a credit and b power or, or autonomy in doing their jobs, but there needs to be some more, some new blood, somebody who's going to rile things up a little bit, who's going to shake up what's become. The ordinary in Ashburn. Yeah, and this franchise really 
for a long time has loved bringing back X players to do this and second runs and we'll, we'll get Cooley back, we'll get Gibbs back, we'll bring D Hall in possibly, and at some point it's they haven't like, won in how long? Right, five years. I mean, like we have Minuski as the D coordinator. We're gonna maybe <laughs> think about Todd Bowles, like all these old guys. I don't know. Some of, it, them are, some of them are legit. If they're, you know. Certainly. Yeah, I mean. Right, and I'm not saying D Hall can't be good just because he used to play here, but, but yeah, I like, I, I like I the new blood I don't, attitude. I don't, and listen, I think D Hall is very smart. I love D Hall. We don't know what kind of a GM sure. or any, in that role he would be. People have to understand what you were as a player does not mean you're going to be this over here. Right. And, it, and it's, Michael it's Jordan's a, a god awful coach, very, owner, John GM. John Elway is a it's terrible. A very, it's a very guy. difficult thing to do. And it's not to say he can't do it, but I don't know that you can assume anything with it. But here's the other point I would make, and this speaks to a broader structural problem, right? But, like, I think culturally, I think Bruce is a huge part of that. And when you talk to people about what kind of a change it would be, I don't think you can undersell how dramatic, even if just he left or resigned or whatever, and and he's no longer here day to day and other people are making decisions. I, I don't think you can underestimate that even if you kept everybody else and promoted a couple other people because you're also bringing in a whole new coaching staff maybe not a whole new coaching staff but when you change head coaches is is a pretty damn big deal too I mean think about just how different it is from Jay to Bill and they were on the same staff and this is the same year Yeah. I mean you get somebody in here with an entirely new mindset I I don't know it's also like what what you think is possible to happen And, and I don't know what we've seen under Dan Snyder's ownership is not to expect major overhaul, fire everybody, start from scratch. So as much as maybe the the dream or the ideal scenario would be a, a complete reboot, you gotta wonder what's actually plausible too. I don't I'm not I'm a, I'm not on board with a complete reboot. I think that there I think there are I think you can argue there should be. I think it's up in the air. I, I, I think like as you're giving Bruce credit for most of what the culture is I think that there's places where you can point to where things have been done well. Yeah. It's not not, not a lot lately. It's not, Listen, not have, a ton, but it's not an entire... There's a row where there are 500 team, essentially. There are things that means you're doing something. Right, you know you're I mean? right, yeah. They not to be a, a joke of it, but they were close. I don't know if they were close. That you were making a joke. Or if you weren't, get I, out of your I, own I, Let car. me say this. Let me <laughs> say this. I, I do feel, you look back on those last four years... I do think if they had an overall better coaching staff, I think they would have had a couple, you know, definitely I think they would have had. They've drafted, honestly, almost since Scott. In the in the last three drafts, I, I think they've drafted fairly well. They're, they're, I think they, I think there's a organizational decision to rely on injured players and to, to bank on this value of drafting guys with injury history because, oh, uh, we'll get them right and then Oregon look at all the value we get and that, hasn't worked. I think there are some big picture decisions like that that need to be completely reevaluated. But certainly, there's some like they haven't been god awful until this year. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I think some of those vets that you talk about too, and that's one of the things that has gone on here is that they they stick with players in some cases two too years long. too long. Yeah, and you know that's happened a number of times over the years, and. You know, I think you I, I, you kind of go by what the Patriots do and Bill Belichick's thing. It's easier to do things when you have Tom Brady. We all know that. But when he traded Richard Seymour, and Richard Seymour's like, what, 30 years old? I'm like, holy crap. This guy will do that to anybody, and he'll get rid of anybody when you're ready. So there are a lot of guys who, who would not have stuck around there who have lasted here a couple years longer, whether it's Vernon, Jordan, you know, Thompson, you know, Josh Norman, Cole, you know, think- Hall back in the day. There's a lot of guys yeah. that, that you would say that, you know, Maybe you stuck there too long. I think going back three or four years, you had a roster of 22 starters, maybe a half dozen or dozen decent backups, and then the rest of the roster was guys who would be picked up and dropped by any team. I think we've seen them start building the depth on the roster more, and that comes from good drafting where you can where they're able to fill in some holes. I don't know, you say that and reasonable. then you look at who's playing corner and... They're in spot, but you look at the you linebacker. Look, what's happening at tight end? Look at linebacker. Tight end, you lost two... And I, I, would, I, I think there's been... I think there's a... O-line, tight a, end. This is... I would say that... Receiver. This, this base of young talent is better than what it has been. Sure. Right. Where it goes from here, I think there's still some big question marks, but the defensive line, and there's like... I think I... I know, I'm actually... Because I'm writing about this for... Uh, it'll be on ESPN tomorrow, but... Um, 
I think it's like 28 draft picks last three years, 24 on in the organization still. Some are hurt, whatever. There's like, I think it was like 19 guys last week who played key roles were 25 or younger. So whether or not they all develop, you do have a better young talent base than they had. But then you need, but then like some of those guys, Jimmy Moreland, guys like that, it's going to depend on what the new coach wants. You may want a bigger corner than Jimmy Moreland. Jimmy Moreland might be somewhere else next year for all we know if they have another coach right. coming here who wants bigger corners. Calvin Harmon, see, those guys might depend, be dependent on that, but then you do have a good base with McLaurin, I think, you know, um, the D-line, Cole Holcomb, guys like that. All right, I want to keep things moving because this is like such a circular argument. And until or un- unless there is a major change, it's hard to know what happens next because there are players in there in the last year of their contracts they don't even know who they're supposed to be negotiating with you right, know what I mean right. like here's one other thing a bunch of folks have asked this uh, as far as I know Bruce Allen is with Dan in Texas for the current set of owners yeah. meetings alright uh, I want to thank the good folks Orsman Automotive of Virginia uh, specifically Bob I'm having car trouble Cliff Butler is being very very kind to me and I appreciate your help Cliff at Love Cliff Automotive. Uh, Bobby Ajig's being very, very kind to me, and I appreciate your help, Bob. Love Bob. Um, hopefully my car trouble gets sorted out. This is not a car I got at Orsman Automotive of Virginia, to be clear. This was a car from that's kind of old at this point. I got things I got to figure out. Uh, Mitch Tischler let me borrow his car. Thank you, Mitch. I Pete has you, done nothing. I gave you rides multiple times last week. That's true. That was last week. We're, we're on to Cincinnati. Yeah, what have you done for me lately? kind of hurt my feelings. No, Pete gave me rides out here. Yeah. Rides, I picked you I up the, at this station, then I drove you both ways the next day. And you said it was the best trip you've had all year home. Remember when you fell asleep? Dude, it was. I took a nap. Seat? It was glorious. Yeah. Oh, so I, I had, had done nothing. I, I, turned up, I turned on your seat warmer for yeah, you. Yeah, it was great. Thank you, Pete. You're welcome. Take it I got to check out Biagi's store today. Yeah, you've never been out there, there, right? Yeah. It's nice. It's a real nice spot. Yeah, it's fun. His, his license plate wall is pretty yeah. pretty silly. License plate wall is silly. So do either of you have the read we need to do? My phone is being used to record this said podcast. All right, I got the read. Who wants to do it? Uh, should we let Kime do a Kime guest do read? I don't think Kime can yeah, do an NBC Sports predictor. Mitch, you want to do one? Here, Mitch, you're up. Sure. While Mitch gets settled, one more reminder, uh, podcast party next Thursday night, December 19th, Matchbox in Rockville. <laughs> Be there or else. If you're a football fan, you got to check out Sunday Night 7 on the NBC Sports Predictor app. There's really no reason not to play. You like money. I like money. Kind. Do you like money? I like money. He likes money. It's totally free and has $2 million in guaranteed cash prizes this season with 100 k up for grabs every week. Just make seven predictions about what will happen in Sunday Night Football as the two current AFC wildcards meet in Pittsburgh, the Bills and the Steelers, for a chance to win some serious money. Download the NBC Sports Predictor app or head to www.nbcsports.com backslash predictor now to make your Sunday Night 7 picks. All right, here's what that was. Wow! That was the skins in Carolina. It started a little rough, but yeah. then you threw, you, you had one of your best games. Here's my <laughs> thing about Mitch. He's, you know, with me, I'll take what's on the play sheet. Sometimes Mitch freelances, and sometimes it goes poorly, but sometimes he delivers, and I think he delivered I, I like the passion you had there. Yeah. Thank Clear you. passion. Nice job, Mitchell. I got. I'm I'm okay with calling an audible here and there. Try and go deep yeah, every once in a while. Yeah, you're freestyle. You like to get sexy back there in your sexy Whoa, jeans. Oh, he is wearing his sexy jeans. <laughs> Two more topics. Um, also, we are going to run. Kai's wearing his sexy jeans too, by the way. All right, Pete is on the sexy jean beat. Um, <laughs> a little uncomfortable right now. I bet. Uh, she missing the porn thing. We have a great interview with Tressway and Nick Sunberg. Um, <laughs> Tress's Pro Bowl campaign, I think, only has till the end of the week or until. So fan vote ends on Thursday. This podcast will be recording on Wednesday. So all day tomorrow, when you guys are listening, these to this, votes count as double. Vote for Tress. They they count right. as double. Get Tress to the Pro Bowl because he's probably going to take Nick with him, and it's a cool story. So we got that interview, and then I have an interview with Terry McLaurin from Sunday in Green Bay. That's just so damn good that we're going to put it on here because um, he is a coach's dream and an interviewer's dream. Yeah, dude, Absolutely. he's just great. He's, and a quarterback's dream. He's everything. Like he's he's just dreaming. Time is that the best draft pick? Considering the position, uh, uh, the the round, whatever you want to call that, what since it, when? Since I mean, uh, that's like, what I'm trying to answer. Oh, Sean, man. you'd have to go. Well, if you maybe since Ionitis, Ionitis is a fifth round pick. What about I your think, sixth round running back? Alfred Cooley was a third round pick. Yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, that's what you're talking about, yeah, though. Like it's got to be somebody already. who's yeah. I mean, you would there. There's not a long list of guys that you would put on there. For, be now there. he's only 14 games or 13 games in, right? Like you don't want to 
Get too far out in front, but he's. But the pro- the thing is, though, it's the traits that again, it's the traits yeah. that he shows. Sure. He's not. This doesn't feel like to your point all. about Dwayne. Yeah. Like with Terry, he's not going to get to a thousand yards this season, but he's shown the ability to do it, and he's and put himself. He's going to put position. all the work in. Yeah. He's yeah. put himself in position where he could have definitely had a thousand yards. Okay. Um, we can go. He's a Michigan product, right? Hey, watch Dude, it. Come on. Come on. You know, Who's I more just, offended? There? I just I just compliment him for his reads, and he tries to. Yeah. Why would I think that was a jab at? Yeah, that was a jab at Pete. That oh, was for okay. you. That oh, was okay. to set you up to say no. He went to Ohio State. Yeah, that's fine. That's but fine. John and I give him credit doesn't like to publicly entertain Pete's nonsense right. about yeah. being. John Michigan. doesn't even Which, deal with it. You know what? That's just kind of the way we should do <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, we should. We should follow John. Just ignore him. That's fine. I don't ever bring it up. You guys yes, do. Yes, oh my goodness Are you crazy? <laughs> Always in response to you guys. Track oh. it. I will not talk about Michigan ever again unless you guys bring it up. Done. Fun. Done. Deal. Cool. Done. Perfect. That'd be great. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, two quick things here. I get that Bill Callahan has to say that they're excited about being a spoiler for the Eagles and the Cowboys down the stretch here. I just reserve the right to vomit every time I hear it. Nobody actually cares. They tried to say they were going to do that last year against the Eagles, and then it was one of their worst games ever. So I'm so out on any spoiler talk. Well, and, and last year, was it was it last year, two years ago? It was like, well, it means something to get to 500. Oh, that was oh, yeah. yeah. That was like, I think after Who the was first, that running back that busted oh, that was. long? And after that play, it's like. Orleans Darkwa. It was Arlene Darkwa. And who was the only dude chasing him 60 yards down the field? Uh, Anthony Lanier. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. They didn't care at all. Yeah, that, after, I think the give a damn left as soon as he hit the uh, about 10 yards into that right. run. I mean, it was first and 10, and they ran it so that's right like, up the gut. Yeah, these yeah. games feel very unpredictable, <laughs> these last three. Uh, all right, so. Maybe they're extra predictable. Don't, don't buy know. the spoiler bit. Is that all? That's all I'm yeah. trying to say. This isn't. You never know. The team, like, the way they showed up in Green Bay, the way they showed up in Carolina, that team could show up, and then they could beat the Eagles for sure. Yeah. But I don't think it has anything to do with eliminating the Eagles from the postseason. Well, I think no, what helps think- is you have, like, a lot of, like, it's Sims, Harmon, McLaurin, like, rookies who maybe not know any better. Sure. And. They yeah. still care, and this is still exciting and matters to them. The eighth or ninth year guys maybe are not going to be as. But these guys in. are playing for jobs too, because right. you don't know who's coming in here. Yeah, I also think any momentum they can pull out of this lost season, going into the off season, matters. I just don't believe in that. I think it's yeah, and, and it's I just did, such a long gap, and it's going to be a new staff and a lot of new players. I don't think. I don't mean be, team. I mean fan. I mean in the in the fandom world. I you also know how think, the fans are going to take if they win three in a row and some things don't happen. You yeah. know, they win three in a row and Bruce stays. Nobody cares, right? Have you, dude? When's the last time you looked at a tweet from the official Redskins? Oh, I do it all the time. I have yet to see one without it's unbelievable. Man. It's unbelievable. Yeah, no is it like what? that on Instagram? I haven't looked. Yes, it's it's. Firebird Allen and then some weird Russian. How box. much is it in your guys' tweets? It's in, it's in oh, our. I, I have to block yeah. somebody, and I'm sorry. They say they listen wow, to the podcast. Wow, out here blocking people. Yeah, it's just everything I tweet. I'm getting it. I can't imagine I, how I, they feel in there. Why would you? Why'd you block them? It's just kind of annoying. Like I'll write. I'll... The guy had a great comment though. Yeah. What was it? He tweeted it. I think at least me. I think you two about it. it and he good. said, "Does that mean if I listen to the podcast, it just goes blank when Pete talks?" He's like, "That would be great." <laughs> nah. I, 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 get, I, get I like this guy. Amount. Whoever that guy is, I like you. I get a decent amount, and I will say, like I tell him, like. You realize I have if, if that's all you're gonna tweet to me, I have no power. Right. right. Tweet it to, I tell them tweet it to the team. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They they can do something. I'm not in position. I, I can, appreciate right. you think I may have power. <laughs> I don't have any power. Yeah. I have zero. I I I yearn to find a situation where I have power. Yearn. It's not at my house. It's not at our office. It's certainly not out here in Ashburn. You don't have a functional car. Right. Right. <laughs> I, I'm borrowing Mitch's power cord to Right. To you fill literally up my phone. don't have power. I have no power. I'm you powerless. Have no power. I'm powerless. Um, last one, and this dude might feel similar right now. This Josh Norman situation. So good for Ben Standing to try to drill down on Callahan. Well, he's in some different packages, and he's still, you know, he's still up and in a role where he could potentially play. So that's his role as it stands right now. That said, in a game against Aaron Rodgers with those guys hurt, he still couldn't get in the game. So mm-hmm. it seems unlikely he's going to play. Why have him up at all? Well, we had a plan for that particular game. So, I mean, when we made those substitutions, those substitutions were made accordingly with the plan that we had in mind. Like, why do you have him active if you're not going to play him at all? And I think Sunday in Green Bay was particularly interesting <laughs> because they had injuries and they still didn't put Norman out there. Now they got a guy suspended. I, I still don't think they're going to well, play Norman. Danny Johnson came up, so they could just use him instead. Right. I, I, it's hard to see anything else other than 
you're trying to embarrass and insult. Right? I just think they have him up just in case, like, four guys get hurt. I don't know if they're necessarily trying to embarrass and insult because he was embarrassing himself in coverage when he was playing. Yeah, that's true, too. Um, I don't know. It's weird, dude. It's so bizarre. I also, I he's become also, so irrelevant. I also wonder, too, with Callahan, because he's clearly still trying to get that job, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you would agree with that? That he I would, definitely, weirdly, so, a player, we had that conversation today in the locker room, and one of the players was like, man, I don't know. You really think he wants it? I was like, yes. Yes. So if you're doing that, then what are you trying to show? You're trying to show, like, if everybody's sitting there thinking he hasn't been worth the contract, I'm the guy who can, can bench him and say, right. like, you're not yeah, making it. So you can look at it like that, too. And, and I, I, I buy some of the part about, hey, we want to see some of the young guys. But Simeon Thomas wasn't, isn't really a part of that future. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was always a special teamer who was considered very raw, blah, blah. So, you know, I think if it had been a third-round pick, you're going out there and playing. You're going to play Moreau out there to see what he can do because he feels out there okay. So, and that's, you know. I'll so. give Norman credit for this. I just saw a story about Janoris Jenkins tweeting at a fan who was criticizing him. We've seen what Odell's been doing. Norman has been pretty quiet and hasn't let his frustrations seep out publicly, and I'm sure this has been a pretty – it's been pissing him off quite a bit, so at least I'll give him some credit for that, not letting him, not losing his mind. Yeah, I'm sure he is internally. Up. He was out in California on Tuesday doing with that at, with Janoris Jenkins at uh, not Demario Davis. Demario Davis, Demario, is that who yeah. it was? Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. So he was out in I California. He's being smart about this. Yeah, yeah. Just ride it out. You'll be somewhere else next year. Although we've been. That's going to be an interesting one to track because I don't know where he ends We've been, up. We were saying, what kind of contract does he even get for next year? Yeah, or does he yeah. just ride off worth and his other incentives? Stuff. I don't know. You get out, what's his horse's name? Uh, he has a lot. I believe he has a number of horses. Yeah, yeah but oh, yeah, yeah. I forget what Get on that horse and ride on out. So I pulled up my Twitter. My last two responses were have the hashtag. So you're right. I'm getting it. To yeah, it's yeah, I think All everyone's getting the, it. Yeah. All right, we're done. Kyle, you want to plug anything? John Kyle report. Monday's Thursday. I think I saw who you're interviewing for your next episode. Was it a plan? I did. Today? Was, well, was Steven, it Chef Mel? Yeah. Chef Mel, Stephen Sims, and the podcast Therapy Thursday Mailbag. Stephen Sims, that's a pretty pretty good name. People care a lot about him, so I think that's a good <laughs> what He's a great interview. Well, he is well, good. Yeah. What will you do if they start winning? What will Therapy Thursday become? Um, Thirsty Thursday? <laughs> JP, I haven't thought about it. You know what? I don't yeah. think you're in any danger there, Kime. For um, a while. All right. Uh, Tress Wayne Sumberg, then Terry McLaurin. I want to thank the good folks, Oarsman Automotive of Virginia. We ride with them. Hope you do the same thing. We will see you December nineteenth. Where at, Pete? Rockville. Bring Match a toy. Box. Yeah. Bring, bring a, a toy, toy and bring an appetite for shots because JP's doing them all. No, I'm not. JP is doing them all. I am not. You two are. That, that was, Every time I JP, talk to JP, he's no, no. just like, I can't wait to do shots in Rockville Matchbox on Thursday. I'm just JP dying has for said it. that he's powerless. You are powerless to say no. Yeah, well, True. sadly, we found the one area I still have <laughs> the slightest bit of power. This podcast party is going to leave you yearning. <laughs> yearning for, yearning some, for something. Water and Tylenol. We got to go. Um, thank you guys for listening. If you made it this far, I owe you a beer. And you can collect on that beer next Thursday at Matchbox Woo! in Rockville. <laughs> Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, here they are, the punter and the long snapper, Nick Sunberg, Tressway. Gentlemen, thank you for taking some time. I don't know that we've done plenty of interviews, but I don't know that we've ever done this one for the pregame show. How does it feel? Well, I'm honored. Uh, whenever the you words think right about, out of my mouth. I mean, when you think about the, the pregame show, and, I mean, you want to bring in the dude who gives the ball to the other team and then the gentleman who snaps that ball and then protects, uh, man, I'm honored. I, I'm truly honored. On, on a serious note, though, you two are some of the most recognizable players on this team. And I think on a lot of teams, the long snapper and the punter aren't fan favorites, don't have 
public campaigns to send them to the Pro Bowl. Beyond just your play, because I want to talk about what you're accomplishing statistically and on the field, but how does it feel to be such a part of this team at positions where normally you're, you're further down the list? I mean, it's a lot of fun. I love interacting with the fans and seeing the seeing the, the campaigns for Tress. I think that's a blast. Um, and, I mean, I've been here a long time. I've done a lot of events out with, with people. So, you, you know, you see a lot of the same people over and over again. And you, you, make, you make these relationships and over the years. And everybody here has been so great to me. Um, I mean, he said, said the word honor for earlier. I mean, that, that's a true honor, too. Just I'm a long snapper. And so when you see me out in public and you recognize me, that's a big deal. That doesn't happen very often. And then for the punter, I mean, yeah, th- there are there are people that make the very real uh, statement that you're the team's best player. <laughs> oh, the, uh, you the have, love- that gets said a lot. I know. Like, so I, I was talking to somebody recently, and uh, in 2014, I got cut for the second time by the Chicago Bears, and then the Redskins claimed me, and that was the first time in my professional career that a team wanted me. It wasn't like an off-season contract, things like that. It was somebody claimed me off the waiver wire, uh, and since that rookie year, since that first year, the fans have been so awesome to me. I love talking to everybody before, after the game, uh, even during the game, and t- uh, TV timeouts, two-minute warning. Uh, one of my favorites. Talks too much. I do not talk too much. <laughs> don't take any selfies. I do not take selfies, but I had to pull them away a couple times. I don't take selfies with the fans in the middle of the game, but whenever I'm over there talking, a couple of the fans will be like, "Hey, trust, run a fake," and I'll look at them. I'm like, "Hey, here it comes, fake's coming," and I go out and just punt it. And I'm like, "Hey, do you think we were really running a fake? I'm not gonna tell you if we're running a fake, but <laughs> so it's just fun to it's fun to have that interaction. It is Nick, Nick's right, man. Just being a part of this franchise with this fan base and, and being. Just being liked to, to have around, that's a really cool feeling. I'm very thankful for that. Where is your game at? How good are you right now? Uh, Nick told me uh, my rookie year, you're going to look up, it's going to be year three, and it's going to fly by. And he goes, every year after that, you're going to look back, and by about year five or six, you will have had every single situation. There's not anything that you wouldn't have done. You'd have played in the rain, played in the snow, been backed up, the wind, the crosswinds, the different stadiums. Uh, I only have two stadiums that I haven't played in, and I can honestly say that I've seen every condition, uh, and I've just been pushed. Uh, Nick Nick has encouraged me to eliminate the word can't out of my uh, dictionary, so anything that I go into the offseason trying to do that I think I didn't do well before, I try and do that. And so I, I really hope that I'm just kind of still scratching the surface of this directional punting and flipping the field and that whole chess versus checker of not knowing uh, where I'm going to punt the ball and where we set up. So it's it's been a, such a fun year in terms of flipping the field and having Ioannidis and Landon Collins, my biggest hype man right here after a big punt scene, how pumped guys get. So it, it's been a lot of fun, dude. You're going to be uncomfortable with this. Oh, man. Are you the best punter in the league? So I, I think that the best. Statistically right now you are. Okay, so statistically right? this I season. Fancy. Yes, So statistically, sta- yes. Statistically this season, I am having the best season. There are guys in the league that I believe that I am trying to get into that group of elite where year in and year out they are going to be in the top third of the league and consistently year in, year out, all over the place, wherever they played. Uh, that That is the that's the goal I want to be in the coming years of being considered that elite group year in, year out. You've worked with a lot of punters. What kind of year is Tress having? I mean, historical, really. I think we would break the record for the, the best net ever in the history of the Washington Redskins. So, um, I mean, when you're talking about ever type stuff, that's a big deal. And by almost two yards, if we finish where we are today. Um, and a yard in net punting is... That's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> I mean, so like, how, because, I mean, the stats are all pretty jumbled up, right? right, it, right. It's 49.6, 49.7, or right? Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. the difference from one to four almost, right? Yeah. It, it's all pretty stacked well, up. Well, it's crazy because when I came into the league in 2010, I remember our special teams coach at the time, Danny Smith, saying, hey, our goal is 40 yards as a net, uh, net punting team. 40 yards is the goal. 13 teams had ever netted 40 in the history of the NFL. In the history of the NFL, Right. And, I mean, we're at 43-something this year. And this year, there's, like, 23 punters over that. So, in, like, in the span of 9, 10 That's, years. So, you, you ask, like, how the game has evolved and, punt, and the punt teams have evolved and punters have evolved. These dudes are good, man. And they've gotten so much better than they have been in years past. But it's it's stuff like he was saying. Like, I go into every single offseason looking for things that I didn't do well last year. And I want to build. I want to get better at those things and build on the things I was good at. Right? But just that mindset of always striving to be better. But... Um, historic is, I think, to answer your question, what what it would be. 
So historic year, number one statistically, how much would a Pro Bowl bid? Because let's be honest, there's no playoffs coming. I imagine that's the goal is to be punting in January oh, in cold weather. Yeah. That, that's not going to happen this year. So, so how much would a Pro Bowl bid mean? How much would go? It's Orlando, I believe. Yeah, it's uh, that Pro Bowl thing, which this is actually the first year that snappers can be voted in by the players and the coaches as well. So there's no got, fan vote, though, there's right? There's no fan, fan vote. Okay. Thank you for asking. Yes, there's no fan vote. It is the, the players and the coaches. Uh, but it would just be one of those, like, I, I don't know when they announce the Pro Bowl or what time of day it'll be or, you know, if I'll be sitting with my wife or whatever's going on of just a – well, how about that? Like, just just really cool. You know, nothing like that atmosphere that we had when Green Bay came here in the playoffs. Dude, like nothing tops NFL playoff football. That is that is the ultimate. And so uh, obviously with the situations that we've had where we've had some punts where we're backed up, had the opportunity to flip the field, um, you know, last year had a bunch of inside the 20 punts where it doesn't look as, you know, Pro Bowl-esque with the big numbers. And so it would just be one of those where – I mean, I'm a real sentimental guy. I would love to have a football signed by every NFC player on that NFC Pro Bowl team and just, I mean, the Hall of Famers that could be on that ball, and that would be one that I don't know if I'll have a desk or an office or something, but it'll be sitting somewhere. You'll have something. Something. <laughs> what would the Pro Bowl mean to you? Before we get to you, what would it mean for you if your punter got there? That's huge, and I think you're a part of that. Yeah. Uh, every every <laughs> punt starts with a snap. Sure. That's statistic. Facts. facts. Dropping facts out of here. Facts. Truth bombs. Um, I mean, it would mean a ton uh, for me. I've I've known how good Trust is for a very long time. Uh, and I think for him to get the recognition from not only the fans, but other players and coaches around the league, um, I'd want to see that happen. So it's not just me pumping him up, telling him how good he is. Um, it's everybody else saying, hey, man, you were the best there is this year, right? And I think that I think that's huge, confidence-wise, all sorts of stuff. Not to say he's not super overly confident already. <laughs> but, the ping pong there it is. Yeah, yeah <laughs> um, he gets that from beating the brakes off me every day. But uh, I think that that'd be the coolest part. And I guess it wouldn't be up to you because there's coaches and, and other players involved. If you get to take Nick, oh. who's been in this league a decade, I mean, yeah. he, he's an accomplished veteran yeah. in the NFL. Yeah. yeah, I imagine never really sniffed a Pro Bowl berth because before it had to be the punter, right? Yeah. What would that mean to you? Yeah, I, I think that's the that's one of the cool things where, man, if I'm fortunate enough to go, it would be so awesome if Nick got voted in as well by our peers and the coaches uh, for having such a long career and doing such a great job for so long. Like, that's the thing people realize. Like, these these seasons get broken up in statistics and things like that. But, man, when you're in the middle of it in every single game, every single snap, what goes into everything, uh, it's just impressive to see what he's done over that period of time. And so it would it would be awesome. I'd be, I'd be stoked if even he... He went and especially if we went together sure I, i'd be stoked and yeah. i got real, really no skin in the game you guys both always seem to have the right mindset and and this has been a tough year how do you how do you maintain just kind of that positive edge three and ten i mean it's it's been a tough year yeah uh i mean i think that's something you kind of just have you know um something that my mom was really hard on me about when I was a kid was always staying positive and looking at the bright side of every situation. Something good can come from everything regardless of the circumstances. And so I've kind of just tried to carry that. And I mean, Trust and I spent so much time together. I've, I feel like we talk about stuff like that a lot. All right. Like what can we do here to make this a better situation? How can we brighten the, brighten the spirits of some guys in the locker room yeah. and stuff like that. And it's just staying positive is, is the biggest thing. Um, because, I mean, if you think about it, every time we're going on the field, pretty much we're punting, right? And that's, that's a negative negative. negative that's a, the fans, the incomplete pass. Uh, <laughs> well, at least you get to go out for extra points. Trust Yes. We're yeah, yeah. all three there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm out there holding. I'm celebrating. Oh, yeah, definitely. Who's the backup holder? Case Keenum. He's pretty good. All right. He's pretty good. Do you ever, like, run a drill? Like, hey, Case, you ready for this? Literally did today. Every Wednesday. Yeah. Every Wednesday we do it. Right? Yeah. Pick that up right now here. You know. There you go. Um, I, I know you're cold. I want to let you guys go. Uh the podcast has been trying to support you guys. Yeah, we saw plenty it. Yeah, of thank others. Thank you guys for that, man. But That's so awesome. How cool is that just to have fans rallying behind you? Dude, I'm serious. Like, you guys don't understand. And, man, take our word for it of, of being a professional athlete in a city with the fans, the media. It is, it's so fun. Like, it's when I open up Twitter and I just see all these pictures or these GIFs or GIFs, whoever. I'm a GIF it's guy. A GIF. Okay. Oh, but either way, regardless. I rescind my support. Regardless <laughs> if it's a GIF or a GIF. 
it's been awesome. Like it's been, it's just so cool. And I'm so thankful that some of them are freaking hilarious. Those are the real good ones, but uh, well, just it's people just people taking awesome. time out of their day. Sure to send out 50 tweets or retweet a exactly, bunch of tweets yeah. from people. Like, exactly. That's, that's yeah. the, the cool part, you know? Like, you're literally taking time out of your busy schedule to, to try and get this guy to the pro. Like, that's the stuff I love. I hope it works out. Good thank luck. you, man. We'll thank find you. out soon. Yes, yes thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. Haskins takes a snap. Haskins fires in the middle. One-hand grab by Terry McLaurin for a Redskins touchdown. What a catch by Scary Terry. These catches you're making, you're not a rookie. It's impossible to watch. You just got to see your one-handed catch in the end zone. You didn't even think it was a one-handed catch. Tell us what happened on the play. That was a play that we've been working all week, and we got the look. I got pressed, so I was anticipating off, but I knew, man, situation, I was going to get the ball, so I just went to widen the hole for Dwayne. He, as soon as I hit my outside foot, he threw it, which is great timing, and uh, I stuck my hand out there, and it, it stuck there. So that's my first one-hand catch in my career. How cool is that? Uh, it's pretty cool. Somber because we lost, but, uh, you know, I just I, I don't have any quitting me. Um, I feel like our team doesn't, so I'm always played to the final whistle, but I'd be lying if I say it wasn't really cool. How hard did Dwayne throw that ball? Uh, he threw it pretty fast. I didn't necessarily expect it like as soon as I hit my foot to run the post, but I mean, it's great timing on his part. At the same time, I just wanted to give him a clean window because that's post safety sitting right there. So it's a small window hit and he gave me a chance and I just wanted to finish it. You said you thought you caught it with two hands yeah. when you when I just showed you showed it to you. I mean, was that just instinct to, to pull it in? I mean, it was your yeah. left hand too, yeah. I think. It was a reaction because um, he threw it really quick, and uh, that was my first reaction when I saw the ball. I got my eyes up to it and I followed it with my hands and well, one hand, and uh, just wanted to make a play and. Um, you know, I guess that's a positive for the game. You've known Dwayne a, a few years now from your days at Ohio State. Right. He was he was noticeably hurt to me. I mean, yeah. he was limping pretty good on that ankle. Did you ever think he might come out of the game? No. I know Dwayne. I've known him for a while now. He's a tough guy. And uh, I feel like he gives us a good chance to win games. And I knew if he was out there, then he was going to be good to go. And, um, you know, he was hobbled a little bit, but he was not going to use that as an excuse at all. So it was cool to see him fight through it. We just hope he could get healthy for next week. Did you think at any point he should come out of the game? Um, I mean, I'm not a doctor, so uh, I feel like, I mean, uh, if I feel like if you can play, then you try to play. But only that person knows how bad it is. And he's a tough guy. He's, he's a guy who's trying to earn the respect of his team. Sure. I mean, he's a quarterback. He's young. So I feel like stuff like that really puts you and a step forward to get some respect because he was noticeably hurt, but he uh, he fought for us. My last one, you guys have young guys playing all over the field. Right. You're at Lambeau Field going against Aaron Rodgers, and, and you fight to the last whistle. Dwayne's diving headfirst at the goal line yeah. for a two-point conversion. Yeah. How resilient is this football team? I mean, I just feel like we have uh, a lot of hungry guys. It's not resulting in, in uh, the result that we want, but, um, you know, we have a group of people players and coaches who are not willing to quit no matter what. So, I mean, we just played a playoff team at their place, hung in there. We just didn't make as many plays as they did down the stretch. So we got to continue to learn from that, and we finish in the division, try to make things interesting for everybody else. So um, I don't anticipate any quit from anybody in that locker room. Terry, thanks. Go check out your phone. It's going to be blowing up, man. I appreciate it. It's a hell of a catch, man. That is a lot of fun, dip. I didn't even <laughs> see it. Oh. So good too. Did it help yourself? Hold on, Nick. I need that one more time. Is it in your top five candies? No. Fun dip? Yeah. Not the stick, but the rest of it. Yeah, the rest <laughs> of it. Five? Hell yeah! I haven't no had way. a fun dip in forever. All Thank right. you, Nick. That's all I need. I was getting crushed by people. Oh for no, it's delicious.